Motherhood. It starts from the moment of conception. Infertility, miscarriage, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, mommy life. Let's unzip it all. I want to let you know you aren't alone. Revealing Monthly Mommy Matters. Every month, IG Live Conversations with Moms. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to Monthly Mommy Matters. Um, today, we're going to be talking with Melissa Lothian. We're just going to wait for her to join and then, uh, or pop on, and then I'll ask her to join so we can get started. But throughout the conversation, if you guys have any questions, feel free to drop your questions in the I found it, the question mark thing there. Or if you are watching this on the replay, if you have any questions, you can always put it in the comments and tag Melissa and she will be able to respond to you. So just seeing if we can get her in. Hello. There she is. Hi, hey, girl. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I was early and then I'm, now I'm late and it's just been one of those evenings. It's fine. I'm like, where is she? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, why don't you check the time? 8.30. That's good. That's good. It's funny because I was, I was trying to, like, I had myself set up and that because I'm on the bed. So I was on my side of the bed. And I'm like, no, the timing's not good. <laughs> Two minutes. I got to change this quickly. <laughs> nice. Trust me. And I'm like, I'm sitting here going, I wonder if they can hear the fireworks that are happening outside my house. Can't hear anything. Okay, good. <laughs> so let's dive in. Um, let's do it. Is Melissa. Who is Melissa? <laughs> oh, you know, you should be ready for questions like that because like you should know who you are. Um, but who is Melissa? I am. I'm an ordinary girl, uh, ordinary woman um, with a God filled past. Um, I am a leader in a youth ministry. And um, I don't know, I'm the creator or the originator, whatever you want to call it, of three single eyes. Um my whole entire purpose is to <laughs> frame. I know you too, frame. Um, <laughs> uh, I am, I'm, I'm really just set on helping people um, on their journey to wholeness um, and doing that through my testimony, sharing where I've been um, so that hopefully people can learn and grow and not have to go through the same things. But if they do go through the same things, that they know that there is hope and life on the other side. You know what? It's so funny because my last question to you was going to be, you know, what is through single eyes? And you just, <laughs> you, you just got but right there. So Right? Yeah. Well, I can, I, I can explain it. So through single eyes is... I don't even know what to call it. People call it a ministry. I call it, you know, whatever. Um, and basically it was, uh, now that I'm, I, I've been single for the last maybe 11 years and uh, it was different. It was just different. Um, when I was younger, um, and if I have to give my age, I will. Uh, when I was younger, <laughs> dating was different. Like singleness was different, you know? And as you get older, it just like, I don't know how people date in 2021 because I think it's crazy. And so it was literally seeing singleness through new eyes. 
Um, but it, it began to evolve as I really started to look at what it was and what God was asking for me. And the word single also means complete and it also means whole. Uh, and so it, it's slowly evolving into through whole eyes, mm -hmm. the perspective that God wants us to see from. Um, it's not just singleness is no longer just a status, but it's a mindset. Yeah. Um, to be single in mind, single in perspective, um, because when we're single in heart, that's when we can truly see correctly and see the things that God has for us. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. And there's a there's probably even what that will watch us later. People who are single, like actually single, who are most likely going to follow you and be like, you know what? That's what I'm looking for. How do I do that? How do I get there? So that's good. Good. We need we need that. We need that. Right. Like, there's a lot of. Um, especially because this is mainly motherhood and women, there's a lot of women that feel that being with somebody makes you whole. Yeah. Like, you have to debunk that, that, that. Literally, literally. Like you have to come to the table whole or at least on your journey, on, on, on your way to wholeness. Yeah. Um, you can't come like, it's truly, you can't look for somebody to complete you. Exactly. Exactly. Cause that's when, that's when insecurities are going to start coming out. That's when all those things happen. This is what I thought it was supposed to be. How, why is it not like that? Why are you not bringing out this stuff for me? No, no, no. Exactly. But anyways, <laughs> let's get into, um, and like, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, man, she's, she's talked about some of the stuff I'm, I'm already, I already have on here and we haven't even gotten into your story. But as mo many of you know, we're going to be talking about, um, miscarriage tonight and we're going to get melissa to share her story so melissa can you tell us give us a little background of obviously for those who don't know M melissa was married and we can get into the story of going through marriage and getting pregnant and uh what happened with you losing your your baby yeah so i was married um at the time uh just go going on two and a bit um years and uh you know, you miss your period and you're like, oh, look at that. <laughs> mm. um, but because I, one of the things that I tell people is I didn't, ha I don't have any sisters. So I have three, I have three brothers. Um, and so at that time, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends that were going through like, like I was the only one married in my friend group. Um, and my friend group at that time was really small. So I didn't really know what was going on. So what I did was I went to the doctor and pretty much forced them to allow me to do a, um, uh an ultrasound so nowadays they don't do ultrasounds as often because they say it affects the fetus so i was just like i don't know how far i am i want to know what my due date is because i'm a planner um i like to plan i like to know ahead of time like what's going on and whatever have you so i they agree to let me do an ultrasound and i go to go see my doctor for the results and she says to me um your baby is anencephaly. And so she tries to explain it to me, um, but I'm having a hard time receiving it. And so basically what anencephaly is, it is a fetus that is growing with no head. Mm. Or, it's, sorry, it's growing with a head, but it's like the, the brain is exposed. Oh. So you can actually go full term um, with a child who is an anencephaly, but they die shortly after because there's no covering for the skull. And so all that exposure, all that stuff, and the, the, the child ends up dying. So she tells me that I, like I said, like we said, I was married before. So I go and I tell my husband at the time, 
and now we have a decision because we have to go see specialists whenever you have um you're pregnant and you in your ch your child has issues you automatically are recommended to a specialist mm -hmm. so we go to see the specialist and it's just jargon it's just like it's just a lot and if yeah. you've ever had to go to a doctor and get like be told difficult news you tend to blank out i don't know if you did but like yeah. i just i just look at them like what yeah and sometimes i don't think that um and maybe because of the hospital that i was at it was a little bit different but a lot of doctors depending on who you're talking about don't realize they're talking to a patient they're using all these terminologies where you're just like what and then they're trying to break it down and even then breaking it down you're still not making sense like right it's it's hard and you're getting you're giving somebody bad news but you're giving them bad news and they don't understand what you're trying to say exactly so it was it was a lot of that it was just a lot of uh-huh and so what actually ended up happening my ex-husband his mother uh was a nurse so what would happen is she would actually come with me to my appointments because she'd listen to all the jargon while I just sat there in tears. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go home and she'd explain everything to me after when I could hear. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it became my decision as to what was going to happen. Did I want to go full term? Did I want to um, abort the baby? Because that was basically what the, spe the specialist said. It was, there's no point going to full term. You might as well just have an abortion and try again in three months. Um, but as a Christian, you have a conflict because you use the A word that the church is not, that they frown upon. Yes. And as a youth leader uh, or youth minister, I was worried about telling people I had an, that I that I went and had an abortion because you know the conversation you don't trust God what you don't believe in miracles you like there's so many things that I was worried about and so many attacks I was worried about that every time she was just like just do it I was like but you don't get how hard that is to make yeah. that decision and to really truly be at a point where you believe that God is like God can do anything you know, so if, if he has no skull, God can give him a skull and, and truly just believe that God could do the impossible. So at some point, um, I go back to the doctor and I say, it's OK. I've seen I've, I've researched, I've done, I've seen things and I'm going to go full term. Even if they even if the baby dies, I'm going to go full term. And I had decided to do that. And so she says to me, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just actually looking at your thing. It's actually not anencephaly. It's exencephaly, which is a degree under, which means it's now grow it's growing with no head. So it has like a little stump, yeah. but there's no formation of a head, no brain, nothing forming. And so now it's, now what are you going to do? Because you've made a decision. You've had peace in your heart and now it's like now what do you do and, but the thing is as much as it's growing it still has a heartbeat so that was that was a that was a thing for me because i was like there's there's life inside of me it has a heart like how do you have a heartbeat but no head mm -hmm. and um i had to go back to the drawing board and um god is so sovereign that in in the midst of me like trying to figure out all the pieces i was actually doing a course at the time and I remember when I walked in, God said to me, tell your teacher you're going to do a surgery. And I was like, but I'm not doing surgery. He's like, just tell them you have a surgery coming up. You don't know when, but just give, just tell them that. So that's literally what I did. The first day of class, I said, hey, miss, I just want to let you know, I have a day surgery coming up. I have no clue what day it is, but 
if in the three weeks it shows up, I just want to let you know so that you're aware of if I have to be absent for a day. Because it was a real estate course, so I couldn't, you're not supposed to miss classes. So, um, clarify here for those listening, this is, this is, she don't know nothing, nothing. God just said to her, tell your teacher you're going to have a day surgery. Just, yeah, (laughs) literally. That's That's it. it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm obedient and I tell her. And um, so the, th- the course is three weeks. And so in that three weeks, again, I have to make a decision. And I finally go back to the doctor and I'm like, you know what? We'll just do the abortion. And that was in my second week of the course. Mm-hmm. I tell them I'm going to do an abortion and they schedule the date. And they were like, can you come back in to do an ultrasound before your, um, before your, um, the date? And I was like, no. Like, I don't have time. I'm in a course. The, the Friday before my abortion date is um, my, my exam. So I'm like, I don't have time. I'm studying, whatever, whatever. And they were like, just come in. So we book it for the Friday. I'm going to supposed to come in the morning. And then I will do, and then I will show up on the Monday to do everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that last week of school, I was in so much pain and had no clue why I was in so much pain. So it's like a just a really bad cramps. Yeah. And so whole class, like I'm sitting there, I'm fidgety. I don't know what's going on. And on the Friday, like I said, I go to the doctor or the hospital to do my last ultrasound. And she comes in, she does the ultrasound and says, your baby is dead and walked out the room. What? And so you. they have, they, they don't realize they're talking to patients. There's no, there's no, there's no nothing yeah. walking into a room and just telling yeah. a mother that your child is dead. Literally. That's all she said. She walked in, said the baby is dead and walked out. And so she's like, and so I was like, okay. And so it hasn't registered. I get up, I put my clothes on, and I walk out into the... This is how much it didn't register. I walked out into the hallway, and I'm like, bye, everybody, see you on Monday. And I was happy, and I was like, whatever, because I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and, I just, and I just go about my business because it doesn't sink. And I get into the car, and, as I'm, and then I have to call my ex-husband. And I'm like, he's like, so what's the news? And I'm like, oh... The baby's dead. And he was like, pardon? And so now as I'm saying it, it's sinking in. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, whatever that, because she, she doesn't tell me I'm in the middle of a miscarriage. She doesn't ask me about pain. She doesn't ask me nothing. So I don't know what's happening to my body. So I'm like, I have an exam to do. I'm going to go do my exam. Oh my and God. so. <laughs> so I drive to York University. I'm driving to York and my ex says to me, call mom, which is his mom. So I'm like, hey mom, and I'm like, I'm driving on the 407 in tears, like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. They say the baby's dead. And she's like, Where are you? And I'm like, I'm at York. I gotta do my exam. And she's like, No, 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 ma'am, you can't do an exam right now. You have to go home. And I was like, why? Like, I studied for my, like, I'm fighting with her about why I can't do this exam. And she's like, you're having a miscarriage and you can bleed. Like, it can come out of you at any point. And so I'm like, come out of me. Again, not like nothing's registering, right? Because again, I don't know what a miscarriage is. So I'm, I'm like, whatever. 
so she's like go tell your teacher you cannot do it explain it and whatever so again thankfully because i had told her i had a surgery i literally just pulled her out of the class when i got there and i said i'm in the middle of a miscarriage and i'm being told i need to go home and she was like why are you here and as she goes please just get out go home and it still takes the weekend so i cuz i'm told i can't leave my house so i spend a weekend in tears and on march 9th went into the hospital to do everything that i was scheduled to do originally and life changed my mind changed my heart changed everything about everything was so different that to the point where the nurses couldn't even touch me i was screaming so much um, um and so everything like just everything happened that day um i don't know if you want the details of how that piece happened but yeah i'm going to ask you because i know um some women who have miscarried for months i know some women who have miscarried for a couple days so in terms of your experience was it just that weekend or were you miscarrying for longer than that it looks like i was miscarrying all week because the cramps had started in the week and so uh it looks like it was it was a like it was just it was just progressive so it literally took me all week but it still took them it, um cuz they give you um inducement pills mm -hmm. um so it still took i still had to take all of the all of that i still had to be induced when i was at the hospital um and it's it's amazing like when we talk about the fact that the 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 doctors don't really tell you anything i don't know what to expect because yeah. again i've never had a kid and as much as i have my mother sitting with me i don't know what my body's supposed to do i don't know anything and so it it's literally just an all day process until the evening and what i thought was me having to use the bathroom was not me having to use the bathroom and it all just happens there yeah and see you're talking about a physical miscarriage for a week what was your mental state like cuz it's not just i'm done yeah <laughs> it's not like it, it took you a pro it took you time to get to understand that you're actually having a miscarriage and it wasn't even just that it started from hearing that you know your child's brain is outside then hearing that your child's head is not growing and now it's your child is gone but you know let me ask you a question before i even get there when they said that the second time you went back and they said that your child does is is not going to have a head pretty much did they tell you that this child is going to die in the womb did they tell you that you know you can still carry to to full term and if you do carry to full term what's going to happen like did they give you any information on that or they just told you this is what it is and you just got to deal with it so she the, the specialist i had um she was very straight and to the point Okay. So the most she gave most of it I had to find online. Yeah. The most she gave me was it makes no sense to go full term because your my body will still process like a regular pregnant person. So I'm still at risk for diabetes and high blood pressure and all these different things cuz my body was still changing. Yeah. Um everything's still happening because I am technically still pregnant. Yeah. So what the most she would say is it doesn't make sense to go through all of that to end up with nothing. Mm -hmm. why put your body through that when you can just abort now and then try get in 3 months and, and and go from there so i she's not giving me the details yeah. right cuz even even on the day of um the miscarriage uh when i was at the hospital 
I was even told the baby was going to be bigger than what it actually was. So I'm now expecting something because I, and, and I didn't say this part, but I was actually a week shy of three months. Oh my goodness. So if I had, for those of you who don't know, when you have a, um, a miscarriage after three months, you technically have to bury and name your child. So I was, I was one week shy of having to do that. So they're not, all of this stuff I'm finding out online. I'm not finding that out from a, from a, from my, my doctor or any sort of physician. I'm not getting that from anybody. I'm finding that out by going, oh, okay. I didn't know that, which is why I had made the decision at some point. Cause I was like, I don't want to give a name to a kid who like especially because because the name i was supposed to give them was like my grandfather something with my, my grandfather's name and i was like i can't use that name twice right so then it was like okay and that's why everything kind of just spiraled the way it was but i wasn't given any information i wasn't given any direction um i was just told you might as well just save your body for the next one mm. Mm. And like back to my other question in terms of like, obviously your physical state, but your mental state of processing and now you fully miscarried. What are you going through? Death. It's death. It's, it's the grieving process of you've lost a loved one. Yeah. And it was a loved one. I couldn't even hold. It was um, every, every young woman that I know of, has a dream to one day carry a child it's it feels like that's the only thing you're on earth for but even though there's more but it's like when you know that there's life inside of you and especially when you get married like you've um you saved yourself for this moment you know what i mean like you didn't have sex all of your youth and then you save yourself for this moment and then it comes and then it's taken away from you and it's death because you feel like you failed you feel like the one job you had, you can't even accomplish. And so it was months of just, I'm nothing. And I have nothing to give. And and how could this be? And God, what is happening? And, and, and just, there was just so many questions. So many questions. So many, I wish I had known. So much what if, so much um thoughts and it's just there was just so many things that went through my head that literally i was I, I just sat in depression for for months i didn't i barely went anywhere if i had to go to church i went but i barely did anything barely wanted to be around people i held my stomach for months just like there used to be life here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just it's just that it's just those thoughts that just kept playing over and over again um, and then the, the the worst part about it was you don't have anyone to say it to. I was just going to ask you that. Did you suffer in silence? Yeah. In that moment, because now that you're sharing your story, and I know, I think you shared, was it two years ago that you may have shared or a year ago when you first went on social media and talked about yeah. it? Um, but during that time, did you say anything to anybody? No. Because there was no words. What, what do you say? Because... Um, my mom, as much as she was there for me, she, she just, she looked at me. She said, I just don't understand. Yeah. She goes, I've never had a miscarriage. I don't even know what that is. So she, as much as she was physically present, that's all, that's all she could give me because she was, she just, she didn't know 
what I was experiencing, what I was going through. And so all she could, all she could give me was her, was her arm, like her chest. I could just lay there. Um, my husband, my ex-husband and I didn't talk about it. Um, there was, yeah, there's, there's just nobody. Like I didn't have any girlfriends to talk about. This is back in the day when things were silent. Like I'm so grateful for platform now. And I'm so grateful that people are starting to share their story now and, and tell people. Um, I remember, like you said, when I started, when I started sharing my story was, about two, three years ago, when I made the first post on Facebook, because I think that was even before Instagram, when I made the first post on um, Facebook, all I kept getting was, thank you for sharing your story. I've had four miscarriages. I've had, and I'm looking at all these people telling me about their miscarriages, and I'm like, I wish I had known you yeah. eight years ago, seven years ago, whenever it was at that point. I wish I had known you because I just needed one person to, to be like, I get it. And there was nobody at the time. Nobody would tell me that they understood what I was going through. And then my dad didn't say anything either. <laughs> that's, and that's the thing is that it's just, people are scared and they feel like what's wrong with me. And that's my question. Did you, did you ever at one point blame yourself and say, this is my, hmm. every and, day, every and, day for years. Oh my goodness. Oh my, every day for years. It's common it's so common like when you hear of women who have experienced it not once do they say is it uh, my partner or my husband's fault or whomever not once it's what's wrong with me I'm a woman I was made for this and that's the thing is that sometimes you hear men always say you're made to do this or another woman yeah do this and when it doesn't turn out that way it's well if you told me that I'm made to do this or if I'm saying to myself I'm made to do this then what's wrong with me? Yeah. Literally. Man, it's 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 hard. It's it's a hard thing to to go through. And then obviously, um, not only did you go through a loss of your child, but now you're no longer married. And it's going through that process of now saying, What else is wrong with me? Like what yeah. what when, when I I would say women need to stop blaming themselves and things happen things happen and it's a challenge that we go through to despite how hard it is to say okay god what else do you have for me what is this why did i go through this and i believe that you went through this to share your story and i'm even going to take this a little a little bit further i'm going to ask you um what was the the what was the your due date supposed to be august 6th so i will say this when you shared your story the reason why um I felt that God was asking me to even connect with you in regards to this is that's one day before my birthday. And it was just, uh, who I didn't know Melissa got pregnant. I had no idea. And she was, and the baby would have been due like right when I was born. I was like, okay, I know there's lots of people that have either my same birthday or, or the day before, but, it was just significant enough for me. I didn't know that I was going to end up starting this channel. But from that moment to, like I said, two or three years ago, from when you posted that, it's like, okay, there's, there's something about this, but God, whatever it is, let it, let it, let it happen. But my question for you is, despite that you went through a miscarriage and right now you don't have any biological children, do you consider yourself a mother? Um, I, if I'm honest, I have my moments. I have my moments. Um, 
Mother's Day can sometimes still be really hard. Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not doing stuff, I know this past Mother's Day was hard. Um, and I don't know if it was the pandemic that brought it on and, or, and me just being home. Cause I think I'm used to just always being at church and always doing stuff. Um, so there are, there are days, uh, yesterday, um, <laughs> there are days where I'm like, where people will say to you, oh, you know, you're going to see him in heaven. And, uh, and I, and I, I believe that. Um, I don't want him to be grown though. Like, don't come, hey, mob. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, no, I don't. I don't. I, if, if God can stop time, because I don't. I don't. I, I really want a baby when I get up. There. Like, don't don't hi hi mom me when I get up there. Um, <laughs> but um, so there are days where um, I think I am, and then there's days where I don't. And um, if I'm not if I'm not careful with like just my mental health on that day, it can be crushing. And so there are days where I'm like, whew, what is that? And then I have to kind of just pull myself back and go, you know what? It is like, at, like when you hear the whole story, my whole story, God was still a part of it all. Yeah. Right? And so when you talk about August 6th being my due date, my favorite pastor who... Um, pretty much when I started going to KCC or back then deeper life, the pastor who basically just kind of like pulled me out of the pit I was in, his name was pastor Dwight. Well, his daughter who was like my little everything back then, her birthday is August 6th. And so it was very, um, it, it was, it was everything like God was just, God was in it. Um, because he knew what I was going to go through down the road. Mm -hmm. And um, he was just like, you know what? That's, that's not her portion. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what cope coping mechanisms did you use or are you still using? Cause I don't believe that you ever get over something. I believe that you get through it. So what coping mechanisms do you use or currently still use um, when you think about it or in that time when you were experiencing not just the physical, but the mental of trying to get through a miscarrying? Um, so it was, it's, it's actually been quite progressive. So um, I'll share this uh, every for about five or maybe even six years after my miscarriage, every March 9th, I was physically sick. Mm. So my body relived the trauma every year for about five years. Yeah. Um, and so my coping was just relive it. Like every, every March you relive the moment and every August you go happy birthday. My mom would go, it's his birthday. And I go, yeah, it's his birthday. He would have been five. He would have been six. He would have been 12. Like, like that's, that's what we, like, that's what we would do every year. Um, but then, um, the, my last year where I wasn't, my last year where I was sick. Yeah. So I think it was either five or six years. I remember saying to my, a friend of mine, as March was coming, I said, oh, um, I'm going to be sick next week. And he said, why? And I said, because I get sick every year. And so he said, this year is the last year Amen. that you're going to be sick. 
And I remember being home and that was the year that TD Jakes came out with the book Let It Go. And I was sitting at home watching a sermon um and the Holy Spirit said go get the box. So when you find out you're a mom and this probably happens to everybody, you register for everything. You're like <laughs> You want like you're like what free stuff, and so you just jump on it. You're like like, and I was registering for all this stuff. So I had gotten this box, um, from somewhere where it had like formula and all these like all these different things in it. And so I, it was one of the things I had kept, but also in that box was all of the doctor's reports, my, um, pregnancy test, um. The baby, okay, so when you have a miscarriage in a hospital, mm -hmm. they have to treat you the same way as if you had an, an actual child. And so the day I was leaving, the day of my discharge, they said to me, do I want the baby clothes that he would have been put in if he was here? And I said, yes. So I still had his baby clothes and his baby hat that they would have given him if I had taken home a child. And so I had all of this stuff in a box. And so God says to me, go get the box. And so I pick up the box and I'm going through it. And he says, I need you to let go. I need you to let it go. Let him go. But I also need you to let you go. And so in that moment, I sat on my floor and with tears and lots of prayer, I had to forgive me. I had to forgive me. I had to forgive all the bad things I told myself I was because I couldn't do this and I didn't do this. And I let him go. And so my letting go also meant I just got rid of the box, mm -hmm. um, got rid of everything. Uh, and it's interesting. After I did that, about a month later, I found out my best friend was pregnant. And I thanked God because I said I would not have been able to receive that mm -hmm. for her. Yeah. had I not gone through that piece. So every year, um, it's a lot better now. Um, March 9th comes, of course, I'm at work, I'm doing whatever. Um, but it's, it's, it's a daily, just, it, it's always just making sure I stay in that place of forgiveness. Um, and like you said, like, I'm, I'm still single now. And there are times where I'm like, you know, God was at my one and only chance Next year, I'm 40. I'm like, was that my one and only chance to have a kid? And I couldn't even do that. And, um, you know, you, you mess with all kinds of thoughts and whatever. But I think in this point, I'm, I'm just very confident in what God has done. And I'm grateful that if he's, if that the story didn't end in nothing, like God, like nothing's been wasted. Yes. And it's really been helped. It's really been used to help a lot of people. Um, get go through this circumstance, go through circumstances of miscarriage, get through on the other side, and just be hope and be light. And so, being able to share another coping mechanism for me is just sharing it, mm -hmm. because it reveals to me where my where my where my weaknesses are. Like, are there parts that still bug me? Um, and so, just being able to share um, on platforms like this. So, thank you, uh, or platforms of my own, just. God's not like it's not over. It's not. It's not over. It's not over. And it's funny. Um, even as you talk, I'm reading the comments. Before we even jumped on here, I was talking to my husband, 
And I had mentioned to him, I was going to ask you the question about, do you consider yourself a mom? And he goes, yes, Melissa's a mom. She was G12. She was a youth leader. <laughs> she is a mom. <laughs> I'm like, I understand. I understand. <laughs> but I want to ask her the question. <laughs> so, and clearly through all the comments that are on. Right? He, he, he backed me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of people on here say, yeah, you're a mom. Hello, what about me? Yes, you are. Like, you, you see them going. You see them going. So, yeah. <laughs> so even though your your son because i believe you said it was was it a or it was a boy it, so, it was a boy so even though your son may not physically be here and we know you have a heavenly child you are a mom to many of us including myself because listen i know you know me from when i was little 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 <laughs> drop me home at you you know right all those things <laughs> So no, no, for sure. I know we may not be biological, but we all love you. I'll look at you as a mom to us. So, mwah. <laughs> but my, uh, my question here for you as well is that even though your physical child is not here now, is the thought of still having children there? Would you still want to have children if yes okay oh yeah um and like i said like i'm hitting 40 next year and so there have been like as i get older you hear all you know all the stigmas about like the whole you shouldn't have children after 40 blah 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 and i'm like look if god is in it i'm good yeah if god's in it i'm good um so yeah i would very much love to if it's in god's if if it works that i do um there are times where I want to take it out of his hands because I'm like, you apparently, sir, don't see what age I'm at. You don't seem to, you don't seem to see the same numbers I do. So there are times that I'll say, I'll say it out loud. I, I've considered in vitro. Um, I'm like, I'll go. I'll, hey, look, I just, I don't need you to be here. I just need, I just need your sperm, sir. And so. I've, I've considered it where I'm just like any mini money mo like which one of you guys want to go and I've, con <laughs> I've considered it because I'm just like I'll do it um if I have to um but on my own and and then I you know you kind of just go back to God and you're like okay that's not really what you know what we should be doing and so you kind of just take it up um take it back but yeah if um I you know and I try to be a mom to I think right now I'm at like six godchildren. Like God bless us all. Like so, um, yeah. If 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 it's in God's will for me to be a mom or like have a physical child, I would love. I would love to. Yeah, would and I'm not saying that you should, but just a question because I have a feeling people may ask. Would you consider adoption? I have. You have. I have. I have. I have. And again, it's it's. I just, I, the only reason why I have not done it is because of, I don't want them being raised in a single parent home. And I think that's just really it. Um, so if I was not capable of having children on my own, I would definitely adopt. I just don't, I just don't, I know how hard it was for my mom. She raised us well. She did an awesome job, but to purposely put myself in a position, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. It's 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 hard um, being a mom married. It's not it's not easy, and then having to do it on your own. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd be, I'd be crazy, especially like in this economy. Like 
we'd be I'd have to raise them on like macaroni and cheese and Mr. Noodles because there's like who's feeding who? I have to move to Barry and then feed them macaroni and cheese just so we can have a house and eat. Yeah. So it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Oh man. But but you also just want like you just want good quality of life, right? Like you want you want them to be well balanced. Um and knowing me, if I were to pick out a child, I'm picking out a boy and because <laughs> I ain't picking out no girl. Um, so I, I'm definitely not going to want to to raise him no prissy, prissy, nothing. Um, don't touch mommy's handbag. That's not what we're doing. Um, so I, I'm going to want him to be a man, like a man's man. And so I need him to have a proper example of what that looks like. So no oxtail for them. No, no, that's expensive stuff. No oxtail. Mm -mm. No. Not even going to the West Indian store to pay for that because them kind of prices. No. Nice. I'd have to raise my own oxes. Like, no, that's the only <laughs> way you're getting it. Like, I, I'm like, I have a farm. You can go and learn how to eat oxtail like my mother did and kill it yourself. There you go. That's it. The goat, all them things if you want goat. Right? Like, literally, like, he's going to be raised on some farm kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this was good. This was really, really, really good. Thank you so much. My last and final question for you. With your experience, um, what would you say to a mom, whether miscarrying or not, just in general, any type of advice that you would want to give to a mom that's on here or probably going to listen to this live later on? What would I give advice to a mom? Um, one for yourself, I'd say be, be, be gentle to yourself. I don't think moms really give themselves the credit that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Moms do a lot. Moms give a lot. And they don't, they don't, a lot of them don't say, I'm doing a good job. They're always looking at what we're not doing. Yeah. The laundry that's not done, the dinner that's not made, the floor that's a mess. And they're not saying, my child is walking and talking and going to school and getting good grades, I'm doing something well. And I think you have to, as a mom, take moments out where you're like, you're doing well. Mm -hmm. It may not, it's not going to be perfect, but it, but you're doing well. Give your, give yourself the, the, the honor that is due to you. Um, take time for you. I watch, I watch my friends now and I say, look, take time for you because if you are empty, you cannot give. Mm -hmm. You can't give out of emptiness. Whatever it takes, make sure you have community that allows you to pour into you. Because the because you can't love your neighbor as yourself if you don't love yourself. You can't love your children if you don't love yourself. And you really have to take that time to make sure I'm investing in me. I'm doing, like I saw your post the other day and I loved it where you're working out. Take the time to do that. Even if, you, whatever is your thing, if your thing was reading, do that. If your thing was working out, do that. If your thing is cooking or baking or whatever, like Shade's on right now, and it sh I love watching Shade. Like the 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 businesses that have come out of her, you know, after having a child, and you're thinking, how? Yeah. <laughs> Invest in you. Like do that stuff. Don't wait until they go off to college to be like, oh, now it's time. Um, that's twenty years mm -hmm. from now. You know, take the time out for you and best in yourself and, and just be kind, be kind to you, be kind to your mind, be kind to your body. Your husband still needs you. 
your husband still needs you or your husband you know whatever it means like whatever that looks like to be able to still give to him and not just always be tired what does that look like and so really um take 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 put the boundaries and the things in place i know it's not easy and i i i know of course i'm saying this with no children but i I've, i've been around enough to know that a community is important mhm community is important and if you and, and my last thing would be if you need help ask yeah ask because there's at least one other person right now we sit in a digital age where there are so many people that can say me too and so if you need something don't don't allow pride to stop you from saying i need help mhm our mothers needed help but they just didn't have it they didn't have the access we did Exactly. So don't look at it and be like, "Well, my mom didn't need help." Like, my mom my mom will make this joke. I remember several years ago when my mom would be like, "You know, I raised all of you guys on $30,000." And I was like, "Well, God bless you." <laughs> God bless you, ma'am, because $30,000 won't do nothing for me right now. Right? <laughs> Not this time. And I laugh cuz I'm like, she's like, "I raised four of you kids." And I'm like, "That is wonderful." But that's not where we're at. Mm-hmm. And my mom says it to this day. If she could have had someone help her, she would have. But who was she to ask? Yeah. She didn't have anyone to ask. And so let's not uh whether you go to church or not, whether you are like whatever community you're part of, find people that will support you. Ask for people to support you so that you're and know that you're not alone in this. Yeah. You're not alone. There are people who can give a hand. You know, they can make a meal. because we have some you know sometimes it's just hard like to 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 always have to cook shucks go order a good food box and don't and the shame and condemnation Ooh. that society would want to put on you for the things that you can or cannot do don't pick that up come on come don't on. pick that stuff up because there's so many things god didn't ask you to be good at everything mhm right And so when when Adam needed when Adam when God looked at Adam and said you needed help that woman needed Adam too we need help we need community we need people to support us we're not islands so if you if there's something that is not like if you're not a big cooker it might take you a little bit longer to cook a meal for goodness sake order something order 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 some healthy food or ask people there are so many um independent chefs out there that can get you food like yeah. don't just don't just be like i've got to do this because this is what it always was we're not in that time and space anymore there are so much more resources that we have available to us use them yeah yeah use them and i'm glad you said the whole shaming because as you were talking that's exactly what i wrote down mommy shaming because a lot of women are afraid to yeah. ask for help because of the things that they feel either other moms that pretend like they're perfect yeah um, and who are not mothers who have experienced any type of mothering assume that a mother should do or a wife should do while taking care of a child and that's a problem that's a problem but even the advice that you said in terms of taking care of yourself um I think that's key for even women like in your case that had a miscarriage and don't actually have phys- a physical or biological child with them right now. It's important. Yeah. It's it it you'll never get past 
missing like you'll never get past the fact that you've lost a child like i said you'll get through it and i think yeah. it's so important to take the time to take care of yourself and to remember that you are also important if you're married like you said your husband needs you so if yeah. you're constantly in the state of i lost a child what's wrong with me how could i you're never going to be able to connect back and to talk about it. One thing that you mentioned is you and your ex-husband didn't talk about it. And it's so important to talk about it. So important. You are feeling, but so is he. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that the men lose too. Exactly. They may not physically lose, but they lose too. And they too don't know how to say, because I I feel like a lot of men also feel like, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. and even not even knowing how to be there for you they lose too and so even if it means going to counseling do that do that to be able to find language to give an avenue to be able to speak about what's happening it's it's as real as the death of a mother the death of a father the death of a sister of a full-grown person it's felt the exact same way yeah so don't don't make light of it don't make light of what's taken place even if everyone else makes light of it you are the only one you and your husband you and whoever are going to be the only ones who are going to feel that year after year so do whatever it takes don't don't think oh well i should be over it by now no 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 it takes people a long time and like i said this this um this past mother's day would have been because we're 21 now and that was 2009 yeah he would have been 12 this past august and this Mother's Day, I was, I was just like, I wonder if someone's going to say Happy Mother's Day to me. And sometimes I have to, like, there, there, there are years where my brothers or my mom will buy me flowers just because they're like, you know what? We don't know how she's doing this year. Yeah. And yeah. every year counts. So I've had people buy me bouquets of flowers on Mother's Day. And they don't know that that means everything to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So don't don't be like, oh, I should be over this by now. Do you ever get over the loss of a mother? Every year you're like, I wish I wish they were here to do this with me. Yeah. Right. Like I go to the park or whatever. I'll go somewhere and I'll be like, man, can you like can you imagine me with a 12 year old right now? Mm-hmm. Mom, I'm hungry. Okay, I'm coming. Like like <laughs> just trying to just trying to think about what he would be experiencing right now, what he'd be going through right now, how I could help him, how I could be there for him. You know what I mean? And, and just going through that. So every year it's a process. Mm-hmm. So give yourself room. Give yourself grace to feel it. But also ensure that you have somewhere to go when you do feel it. Yes. Make sure you have a safe place. I have Jesus. That's what's got me through. Maybe you need counseling. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need a group of friends that will rally around you every year on that day. Maybe just to sit in silence. Whatever you need, make sure you give yourself that to in order to continue the healing process. And I think it's important for you to also know that just because you went through um, your grieving process the way that you did doesn't mean that I have to do it exactly the same way. Exactly. It doesn't work that way. Don't beat up on yourself. It's trial and error to say, all right, you know, today I'm trying sitting and, you know, it's not working for me tomorrow. Be kind to yourself and say, I'm still feeling this way. How do I, how do I, um, what other mechanisms can I use tomorrow? Or yeah. the day I find what works. And that may take years. That it may, may take years. 
but understanding that don't give up on yourself don't give up on your situation and yeah. give up on if this is something that you desire the the idea of having a child again just because it happened once doesn't mean that it can happen again yeah and that's where that's where our thoughts go because even though we may adrian and i may have not experienced a miscarriage our thought still goes to when we have a child again, will they go through the health issues that Aiden went through and is continuing to go through? Did we, me being pregnant, did I do something when I was pregnant that caused Aiden to have all these health conditions? Yeah. And Adrian, looking at some of, some of the things that he's been through to say, well, I have this, could this have been an impact on this that caused him? It, we're constantly, yeah. Yeah. despite the situation, we're constantly going through blaming ourselves and not yeah. giving ourselves grace to say rather than me beat up on myself and blame myself let me just take time in peace and silence accept yeah. what has happened and finding a way to move on and like like i said using a platform like this and you sharing your testimony even through the comments that i'm seeing here this is blessing a lot of people and people yeah. who did not know what you've been through to say oh my gosh it's not just oh she had a miscarriage whatever and that's not something to take lightly, but your experience of what, what, what you went through and why and how it happened is a part of your story. And it's important to understand that, right? It is. It is. And like, and one thing, one thing I'll share is um, people don't actually recognize if you've never, if, if you are working to have a child or you had a miscarriage, miscarriages actually happen very often. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some studies that say it's actually abnormal to have a normal child that having a normal child the, the stats on having a normal child are actually sh smaller than having something wrong and i think we look at the fact that we have you know all 10 fingers and five fingers or 10 fingers and 10 toes and two eyes and we think things are normal no this stuff happens all the time and as we speak to it as we have these conversations it is bringing light to something that we don't talk about we don't talk about it in the church yeah and that is one of the biggest this is that is one of the reasons the biggest reason why i started saying my when god said i want you to start talking about it and why i talk about my story so often it's not to for people to have a pity party no god <laughs> understand i don't need a pity party like god has been awesome um and he and he turned what the enemy meant to destroy me he's turned it for good so yeah. i don't need a pity party but what i do want is that people will stop going to their churches and being on the pulpit, going through things, and and people don't know. Because I went through a whole season where I would show up, I would lead worship, I was over the youth ministry. Many The amount of young people that were in my life in this stage didn't know I was going through it because I still showed up and did what I had to do. Yeah. I was in default mode. I, I showed up. I did all the things that I needed to do. I was here, there, running to retreats, running vow chastities, doing all these different things. And exactly like Michelle just said, I was ministering broken. And my biggest problem is there are so many women who lead from broken places. And that part breaks my heart. Yes. It's that part. It's because we don't stop to go, I need help. I, I can't, I can't, I can't lead worship this Sunday. Because right now, I actually don't even know if I believe in God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we need to make spaces in our churches, in, in, in our pews, to be able to say, if you're going through stuff, if you're experiencing stuff, come. 
Yes. The altar is not just for the unchurched. The altar is for all of us. Yes. Come who are broken. Well, guess what? If you have to come from off the stage, come who are broken. Mm -hmm. And that is like when I share, it's not for a pity party. I just want women, especially women, to know you don't have to lead from broken places. Yeah. We need to stop bleeding over our congregations and bleeding over people when all we need to do is get some help. Yeah. Take yeah. some time. Take a break. It's okay. It's okay not to lead worship and to do ministry for a month. It's okay. You, ha you have to take care of you. And that was the biggest thing I learned out of, you know, this whole entire process was I'm, I'm responsible for me. Yeah. Not anybody else. I am responsible for my mental welfare and i've got to do whatever it takes to make sure that i can always represent god well yeah and one thing that i think is also important to understand too is we put so much pressure on ourselves because of what we think other people are going to say because yeah you know, you believe in God, so how can you be broken? You believe and trust God. You know, it says to lay all your, your worries at his feet, and he will take care. Give it all to him. Yes, give it all to him, but I'm still human. I yeah. still feel. And like I said, you're, you put that on yourself because people will, you feel people will say that to you. So you yeah. start ministering from broken places where people don't know. Or you're surrounded by people who do have that mentality and now you're forcing that mentality on yourself. Yeah. Right. It's and so it's a it's a balancing to say, all right, I'm broken. I need to find somebody to talk to. I need to yeah. see you are my closest friend, you are my closest girlfriend, or sometimes it's not even somebody that you're close with. You exactly got people into your life and you're just like, there's something about you. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I'm exactly break down in front of you while I'm telling you this. Yeah. Right? But it's, it's ensuring that um, you find those people that you talk to. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay. It so is okay not to be okay. Yeah. Because we look at it and when we, and the thing is we read scripture and at some point, I don't know, um, hey Jermaine, I don't know at what point we felt, we feel that the Bible, it was only meant for those who weren't saved. Um, but no, yeah. like the Bible is for you it's for you like when he's talking when paul is talking about his grace being sufficient that wasn't for the unchurched that was for you Thank that you. was for you to know that his grace is sufficient huh. like he will get you through this that it's it's it, like we need christ we need him just as much as those who are unchurched yeah. and so we apply a lot of scriptures we apply the heavy scriptures to those who are unchurched and all the light and fluffy stuff that's the stuff we take and it's like, no, you got to apply the whole book mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and understand I need, I need Jesus just as much as the guy who doesn't know him. I need Jesus just as much as the homeless man. If even, if not even more, even more, Melissa, because when you are called to do something and you are walking in, in obedience, the enemy wants to come for you. Yeah. Those challenges. And those are the time where you need scripture. It's not. You think the enemy is troubling people out there who are not following and being obedient? He's like, I already got them. It's the people. I'm not worried about them. Exactly. I'm not worried about them. Exactly. So we, it's us who needs it. Yes. Yes. We, we go through, and that's the thing is that we talked about the people in the church and we're not, we're not talking about the things that we're going through because of the perceptions. But if you're being obedient, 
know that the enemy is going to try and come for you and come for you in things like a woman, a married woman having a miscarriage. Gonna yeah. come, but God, I'm being obedient. How could you allow this to happen? You said that I'm your child. Yeah. All things work together for my, you said all of this. How is this happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's, and that's 10. That's it. At the end of the day, when we read the, when we read, when I read my word, I have to remember all the stories I read are of people just like me. Yes. The woman at the well, mm -hmm. the woman with the issue of blood, Mary, Joseph, David, like, when I read these stories, I can't read them like they're a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And when I read them, the reason why God shows their imperfections is because God wants you to say, that's me. Yeah. That's me. And if they can still find solace in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who, who, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I? I too can find rest there. I too can find a place and we have to learn how to be okay to apply that word to us, mm -hmm. uh, be able to apply the time to us. I don't know at what point Christianity became this thing where we needed to be perfect, but none of those people in the scriptures were perfect. None. none. So we need to, we need to take off that, that, that mask that says I need to show up all the time. I can't. There's times where I'm empty and I need to go I got to go back to the well. Yeah. And I got to go back to the well. I got to get full again. This is perfect because even um, Pastor Michael Todd even said, what does the book of Tenley say? What say. does the book of Melissa say? Just because we're reading the Bible right now, we see all these books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all these different ones. That's their story. But what does your story say? Yeah. Right? What? Yeah. And reading it, just like how we are inspired and we get... Um, words from reading the bible and inspirations and god speaking to us it's the same thing of the book of melissa. the book of melissa if i pick up that book and read now to say oh melissa went through this you know she was married she had a miscarriage i'm going through that i've experienced that the difference is we're not picking up a book that's called the bible to read it we now have social media and we're sharing our stories this way yeah so, we are the bible yeah, exactly exactly so it's it's this is why I love these kind of conversations. We could go on and on. <laughs> All night. All night. That's why I love Jesus. <laughs> we could definitely go on and on and on and on. And I'm glad most of you guys have stuck on. <laughs> <laughs> They're staying with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this was good. This, we may need to do another live talking about other things too, because this was good. Call me. Yeah, Call me. Call me. Sure, for sure. For sure. But like I said, this was good. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on Monthly Mommy Matters. And like I said, you are a mom. You are a mom to many of us. May not be biological, but know that we love you. I'm not going to say, I love you. Anybody else who loves Melissa, you can type in the chat there. Say <laughs> but I love Mommy Melissa. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the sacrifices you have done for all the years that you have been ministering to youth, as Aiden said, G12, all those, all those times. See, there we go. We got the, I love you. I love you. Oh, <laughs> so you were thank you guys. Actually um, got pregnant. You were always a mother and you were meant to be a mother. So know thank that. You.
appreciate you. Look at all that love coming in. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. Thank you, guys. We love you. I love you, too. Uh, love you like cooked food, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. I love you all. I love you all. God has definitely given me so many children. So much children um, in all of you. And, yeah, you know I'll, I'll raise you up if I have to. So, I love <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Melissa, thank you again. Thank you guys for tuning in. And yes, I am um, next month. I don't remember the date next month. I'll post it next month that we're doing. <laughs> I can't remember right now. But have a good night, all. And yes. Bye, Melissa. Bye. Good night. Good night, Frank. Good night. <laughs> good night, y'all.